Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Goonies World. I am Sean, also known as Johnny Farrow, and joining me, as always, is Ryan, also known as Meanie. My name, Squirg. <laughs> yes, tonight he is Squirg. And also with me is Colin, also known as Goonie. Hello there, and I'm I'm Jubal. Yes, we're back tonight with Squirg and Jubal playing another game of Knave. And we're not going to bother with any recap at all. If you want to know what happened, go back and listen to the last episode. But we're beginning with Jubal right outside uh, Tsar Narwhal's chamber doors, having just failed to pick the lock and setting off a magical alarm on the door that's saying, Lock picker! Lock picker! Lock picker! Lock picker! Lock picker! <laughs> over and over and over and over. What do you do immediately in that moment when you start hearing it? Jubal. Uh, run back into my room. Okay, you turn and scamper back and, uh... And then immediately get back up and go to the door and... What, what's, what's going on? There's a lock picker! There's a lock picker! Well, you stand in the door, and the, the, the little blue light shining through the keyhole after which, you know, you tried to see Tsar Narwhal, and you couldn't see him, but the little blue light's shining out, uh, but it flickers off. And through the door, you hear Tsar Narwhal's voice. Oh, my. I thought you might try something like that. Well, curiosity killed the cat, as they say. And suddenly, Jubal, your your head just uh, begins to pound with agony as it morphs and shape. Of course, you're watching this happen, Squirg. And Jubal's head is twisted and transformed and polymorphed into that of a cat. Since you are since you are so curious, let you you may share your feline friend's face as well as instincts. Please, no. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, I, I, I was just... I, I couldn't help it. I, I, I was overcome by curiosity. Please, don't leave me with this cat's head. I am incredibly interesting, but you are lucky you did not see my true form. Now, you are lucky that you have the cat's head and are not splattered into greasy bits all down the hallway. And... Mr. Squirg, I would appreciate if you would keep a closer eye on your little friend in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry, Mr. Narwhal. I didn't know what he was going to be doing. Very well. Let your new face be your punishment. Is so it permanent? Is it forever? That shall be seen. Oh, now, no. get some sleep. And I must go back to sleep amongst them. Well, never mind. See, there you go again. You get my curiosity <laughs> going. I can't help it. Well, uh, well, luck luckily for you, that is all that happened. And uh, you guys can try to get some sleep that night. I have to look in the mirror. Is there a mirror around? Yeah, I, I think there should be a mirror in here. Sure. Yeah, you got a nice big look. Uh, I'll even let you decide like what kind of cat head. You know, is it like sleek, or is it like one of those long-haired Fu Manchu-type cats, or uh, what type of cat head do you picture yourself with? <laughs> it would probably match his personality and coloring, probably. Um, well, since I said he wears uh, patched clothing, mm -hmm. maybe he's kind of one of those cats that has, kind of looks like, you know, that they would call patches or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. Pat different uh, colors like all over his face yeah yeah well yeah it's definitely it looks permanent I mean you feel pretty normal you can talk you know Aki couldn't talk but for all you know he, he couldn't talk before they gave him an ass's head you just feel glad it's not an ass's head or a pig's head or something worse well I, I'm I'm prepared to go forward with this I'm not a cat well, it might be something you have to explain to people a lot, but I'll assume you get some sleep that night. At least you try to, because Squirg, after Jubal falls asleep, he purrs so loudly. It's like this big, you know, giant-sized purr that, that 
after a while you fall asleep, but you're you're in no great mood when the uh, red sunbeams slant in through the windows in the morning and shine across your eyes and wake you guys up. It feels all too early to squirt, whereas Jubal has slept like a little kitten. And uh, uh, there's already a hearty breakfast in here. I don't know if you want to eat more food, but one one. You've already got one humunculi inside of you, forcing you to do Tsar Narwhal's bidding. I don't know what harm another would do, but you guys can partake in the hearty breakfast if you wish. Well, Squirg is just gonna, you know, chow down. He doesn't give a fuck. No, no. And uh, and obviously, due to his physique, I think he's a man who enjoys his food. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, But, uh, Jubal, do you... uh, would you like to take a bite? Yes. Uh, do you have anything dairy? <laughs> Finally, thinking some old glass of milk and some some fish. The unseen servant must be listening because the door opens and a silver platter floats into the room. It's covered and it's uh, placed down upon the little table. Would you like to open it? Yes. A bunch of mice run out and scamper all across the room. Do you want to go pound someone and eat one? Oh, uh, I, I, yeah, I will. Oh my. Okay. Well, make a, uh, make a. Let's let's uh, roll your dexterity bonus. Uh, I think yours is a plus four. Four. Yep. Yeah, and you need a fifteen, so you need to roll an eleven or more. And you can pounce on a mouse. I rolled a six. Oh, I rolled. Uh, sorry, I rolled nineteen. Oh, well, you don't bounce. Well, you do pounce on the mouse. Yes, you go. Uh, I was rolling low for a minute in my mind. You pounce right on that mouse with a 19, and you grab it, and you're going to put it in your mouth and eat it up. Yeah, I'm going to eat it uh, head first, and I'm going to slurp in the little tail, you know, <laughs> make it really fucking disgusting. Well, <laughs> this is going to a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> I gotta bat it around a little bit first. Yeah, you gotta bat it around. Now, now you're in pain. Now I can eat you. Well, so that's you struggle a, a little bit. You, you have a sense that it was meant to uh, to rub it in a little bit, but you uh, you got the better of him there. But you, you leaned right into that. It's gonna embrace it for a while. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Would you like to give yourself a bath then before you go? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm a. I've got this sandpaper tongue. I'm just gonna start. <laughs> Using that, slop, start slurping my skin and <laughs> slurping jubel. Okay, well, after a giving yourself a tongue bath, you uh, you can exit the tower. The only way you know, though, is that chain you climbed up. I mean, you just got like a house on top of a huge pillar, and uh, you climbed up a chain last night. It was on a winch, but it's already been winched down. And when you stand at the edge. Of the uh, of the walkway, and you look down, so many, so many, so far, far below you, you can see uh, the wagon that he talked about last night. He's going to give you a conveyance to carry this box in. It's a big, heavy box. And he said it was a wagon that would uh, that would uh, it was a wind wagon, and it, uh, he told you that a wind elemental was was his servant, and it could move the wagon no matter whether there was wind in the sky or not. You don't see any sign of the rotlings that were surrounding this place last night, but as far as you know, they only come out at night. And uh, I'll assume you guys go ahead and climb down the, the chain. Yeah, who's got the box? Well, the box is too big to carry, and it's already in there. I should have mentioned that. It's, it's already sitting in the wagon ready to go. And, uh, in fact, as you're up here, you see there's a... There's a leather bag floating across the, uh, the yard to where the wind wagon is parked. It must be the unseen servant carrying out your, uh, your wages. So I'll assume you climb down. No need to roll. There aren't any, uh, there aren't any rotlings chasing you this time as you're trying to negotiate the chain. Yep. But uh, you find uh, you find the, the leather bag sitting in the seat of this this wind wagon, which is basically a small buggy. There's enough room for you two to sit, and there's just like a little bed in the back uh, with a box in it. It looks a lot well. It's kind of shaped like a coffin. Uh, 
It doesn't have any visible lock on it, but you were told that uh, he, he has uh, cast spells on this thing to keep it closed. And he's cast uh, spells of silence. He said there, there was an abomination in this box. It was a failure of his. And uh, so we'll talk about whether you want to look in the box later maybe. But for now, attached to and above this wagon is a beautiful full sail of purple plum silk. And it's just a beautiful purple sail. And spinning around near the top of it, you didn't see this from a distance, almost invisible, a little cone of air, like a little mini tornado, spinning around up at the top. And this must be his, his uh, wind elemental that serves him. He's going to push this wagon for you. Uh, so, I'll assume you can take off and get on your way, unless you'd like to look in the box. Don't be looking in the box, Dutch <laughs> Ball. You have enough bad stuff for one day. Yeah, if I look in this box, I'll probably get the rest of me turned into a cat as well, or worse. Maybe, maybe. And, uh, of course, you don't know how far his magic carries. He could cast a spell on something, maybe, but could he turn you into a cat from far away? Who knows? He certainly is a very powerful sorcerer, thousands of years old, the kind that doesn't even follow normal rules. You know, he'd be like 112 level if he were a character. I'd assume that he's got some kind of spell on which he's watching us as we do this deed. He did seem well informed about you guys when you first met him. He was mentioning things you'd said in conversations, and he told you that a lot of the insects were his servants, too. Well, there's a lot of little tattletale bugs out there you got to watch out for. Yes, there's spies everywhere. We must, uh, if we are to have, uh, you know, private conversations, we must be out of the, the ears of these insects somehow. Well, if you feel paranoid about that, then Tsar Narwhal is pleased. And I'll assume that, uh, and basically you can just, well, how do you tell the wind elemental that you'd like to go? Put the sails down. Okay, you will sail down and, uh, I guess point. And the wind elemental uh, begins to spin. And then just for a second you think you can see his, like, big, uh, two cheeks, like in a little face inside of it, and he blows on the sail, and you guys begin moving with a lurch. And you make a pretty good pace. You're moving maybe about four times as fast as you would walk, but it's a bumpy ride. The road that you're on, if you recall, is people call it the flying road, but it's really just this incredibly ancient road that's built on pylons of varying heights. And in places, it's broken and cracked away, and it's certainly not great repair. Right now, it's only about, like, man-high. But, uh, it's a bumpy ride when you're going real fast like that. You don't know how long you can endure the constant boom, 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 boom. And the box in the back is bumping around, too. And this is, other other than that, this is a, still a very primitive wagon. Without the, without the uh, wind elemental, you know, uh, it wouldn't be going anywhere. But you, you push along, and eventually you get out of the neon forest and into a new region. There's a forest and those marbled hemispherical hills of the country you just came through sort of pass away behind you. And as you go further south, you come into a, uh, a land of rust and mustard-colored grasses. Very tall. And this causeway or flying road can settles down right across it. It's a wide open plain. You, you could probably use this wind wagon out here even without the wind elemental. There's not a lot of wind breaks, just this tall, heavy grasses. They reach all the way up and kind of peek over onto the road. And their tops are all swollen with these ripe orange and golden sort of grains. You've seen these before. They're called cornets. You can eat them. You don't have to worry about food at all while you're in this. Uh, you just grab them right off and chew But he makes very good time blowing your wagon down the road in this open country, but it's a tiring and bumpy ride, like I said, and that cornet-colored scenery gets monotonous after several hours. Um, but uh, you come uh, not quite out of that region, but it gets a little hillier, and you can see it's a big ridge across the southern horizon, so a big wall almost. 
jagged top, but that's still so, so far away. One thing you do notice, there are actually wild beeves roaming around down here. Beeves were domesticated animals that you ate back in the province of Ash, but here they're out wild. And they just look like, literally like gigantic balls of fur with little tiny feet at the bottom. They're nothing but meat. They've just been engineered that way over millennia. And they're waddling around, and they're great big flutterbys with huge, like, gigantic wingspans, like big as dinner plates. Beautiful country. Uh, but I wonder if anyone wants to stop and look in the box. Or uh, There's actually some sunflowers here. And uh, you're reminded of the sunflower that was in Zarnola's tower. And it glow. And uh, I don't know if any of you have a light source, but maybe you want to pick some sunflowers. Maybe they'll glow the way his did. And uh, you can what? stop and pick sunflowers if you'd like. Or gather some cornets to eat later or anything you'd like to do while you're in this land of plenty yes I say uh, let us let us pause and uh, take a moment to that was a P-A-W-S pause oh. in case you didn't get it okay. uh, and um, and let us uh, gather some uh, some of these uh what are they? Fruits or are they like? No, they're almost like a like a corn nut. But they're oh, cornets, okay. and they're uh, <laughs> cornets. Yeah, with like a e t t e cornet, not like the trumpet. But uh, yeah, I, I literally picture them like corn nuts, except they're like the size of a baseball. So they're kind of hard to eat. You got to like smash it in your hand and then eat it. And you like walk around carrying a handful of cornet smash, but uh, they're tasty and uh, nutritious. Yeah. Um, I think I will gather some of these, and um, I will uh, pluck some sunflowers. If these glow like uh, narwhals, well, then we could use them, them as like headlights, perhaps. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. I hadn't thought of that. But when you pluck them and you, you squeeze, they don't glow, but when you squeeze the stem, and they glow. They literally glow like, like light bulbs. But And... Uh, they do that even if they're not picked. You just go up and squeeze them, they'll glow. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you grab a couple of those. Now, right now, since you have the wagon, we don't have to worry about your encumbrance slots or anything. Um, this is a game where encumbrance is important, but for now, you don't have to worry about it. You can just throw whatever you want in the back uh, with that box. Now, as you're stopped here in Poland, of course, you don't hear anything from inside the box. But as you're loading some cornets onto wagon. The box bumps a little bit. It kind of shifts to one side. You don't hear a bump because there's silence cast upon it. But it shifts as if you know, whatever's in the box is moving around or struggling. Would you like to do I didn't see that. I, I didn't see anything. Nope. Nothing in there. Nothing nothing worth looking into. Nope. Okay. Right. Well, your, your curiosity is mastered for the moment then. He's trying to talk himself out of it. Yeah. For now, he'll, yeah, he'll restrain himself. Yes, and uh, I, I never put a mysterious box in a game without constantly asking, "Do you want to open it?" Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, let's face it, boxes like these are. Well, they're meant to be closed, but <laughs> I was about to say meant to be open, but no, no, really, they're meant to be closed. Anyway, you push on uh, after this short break, and you're approaching that ridge I talked about that was, it just runs east-west across, uh, as far as you can see, it blocks the way to the south, but the road runs right towards it, so there must be a tunnel or something. And as you get closer and closer, you can see this jagged thing, it's almost like a wall. You hear people talking about this land beyond the wall, you've heard once once or twice that mentioned. And... uh, Maybe this is what they were talking about. But this is where the goblin caravans used to come up from this region or beyond that wall. They don't come anymore. You've heard a couple people mention that too. No one's sure why, but that's one of the things that started in on the whole famine where they started eating halflings, which is why you guys left home in the first place. But as you get closer, you do indeed see the road just plunges into the walls. This huge hole. And it looks like super, super dark in there. So maybe your uh, idea of headlights is not a bad one. 
I guess you, you could hold them. Do you want to stop and try to like, wind some, uh, do some floral arrangements on the front of the wagon? Like, you just want to hold the, uh, the lights. Um, is there a way to, like, attach them to where they're pinched? Um, like, they kind of put them in into, a, like, a little slot or something? Well, yeah, you could, uh, they have a bit of their stock still on them. So, yeah, you, they're, uh, you could, I don't know about a little slot, but it doesn't take much to hack a little slot with a dagger out of some wood of an yeah, otherwise cheaply made carriage. Just a little, uh indentation or whatever just to if I can kind of um, fit it right in there to where it's tight enough so it will make it make it glow I, I, I uh, yeah that that's uh, that's a good idea so yeah you uh, hook those up like that and you I assume I mean, hey, where are you going to go? You're going to go rolling off across the... There's only one way to go. It's into this tunnel. And you go in. And you're glad you picked the sunflower. It's very dark. Remember, this is a pretty wide road. In the light from your sunflowers, you can see there's been a lot of damage in here. And there's like a groove running along the, the ceiling above you, too. But you can't tell what it might have once been used for. What it seems like it's been used for recently is bats, because there's all kinds of guano making the, the road in here really slick. There must be as, all kinds of bats up in those grooves above your head. And again, it's a little bit unnerving in here because it feels closed in, especially after the first league or so. And you just wonder how long you'll be underground. But then up ahead... You see that the road itself is broken. From wall to wall, it's just a pit. It, it's not a very wide pit. You can see it only goes... I, I always call it... I always uh, use the measurement chain in this game, but the chain's three feet, you know, so it's like about 12 feet across this pit. And you can get closer to it to see how deep it is, but you don't know how you're getting across that. Well, hopefully our um, our driver, this uh, windy fellow, I hope he sees it. Doesn't just walk or, you know, drive us into it. Well, you find that he's very attentive to your body language. And if you even say something like, whoa, or hold up your hand or whatever, he'll just slow down. Well, I'll uh, put the sails up, like halfway. It's like suggested that we slow down and as we get closer I'll go ahead and put them all the way up while we formulate a plan to get across. Okay, you can stop and take a look across and uh, I guess you could walk up to the edge and look down into it too if you like. But if you're curious. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of which, the box rustles again. I have something else to investigate. Don't tempt me, Box. Now, wait a second. Now, um, Squirk, do you remember what the wizard's uh, exact wording was? He said, don't open the box. But if, if maybe if there's a way to look inside the box somehow without opening it, maybe that would work. Well, I think you're talking about... Uh the difference between the spirit of the law and the letter of the law, if you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, semantics, perhaps, but, uh, you know, spells are very specific sometimes. Wording is specific, so maybe, we, you know, if, if curiosity gets the best of me. But right now, maybe I'll just uh, investigate this mysterious pit. I think we should look at the pit. You guys both want to go over to the edge? I'll go, yeah. Yep. Right, well, you go over to the edge and you look. And you see it's not very deep, but the first thing you see is this, this, what I can only call an octopus man, standing at the bottom of a ladder. And the second you look over and see him, he squirts this massive black spray of ink up at both of you guys. Please 
Uh, roll higher than a 16 on a dexterity roll. You're rolling against his attack. This is to get out of the way. Yes, uh, altogether I have a 19. That's great. You, you nip like a cat. What about you, Squirk? Uh, Ooh, the 23. That's great. You guys spin out of the way. Uh, of course, you got to back up a little bit. You don't have a line of sight on that thing, but you can hear it sliming up the ladder. And it pops up to the top, and it's a hideous thing. You almost can't really tell where its face is at first, but it comes. It's got two little legs, and it rushes up towards you, waving its eight tentacles around. It doesn't hold any weapons, but it looks intelligent. It's wearing like a little harness. It has a couple tools and things like that. You actually, when you look down into the pit, you got a glance. You look like you had a little camp or a lair down there. But first things first, let's roll initiative versus the octopus man. That's a D6. That's a D6. And so four, five, or six, you guys get the initiative. Correct. I roll a four. Okay. And you guys can still be said to be at range at this point. It's got to run in towards you all the way, and it hasn't yet. So you could make your ranged attacks, or you could run in towards it and attack in melee. It's up to you. Who'd like to go first? Uh, I'll shoot a, um, an arrow from my longbow. Okay. And the longbow twangs. And you need to beat his armor defense, which is only ten, you'll be happy to know. And was there some, like, with... It's not dexterity or something. It, it's, it's something wisdom. else, isn't it? It's wisdom. Yeah. Okay. General awareness of one's surroundings and where things are. Uh. Oh, uh, 14. Okay, well that certainly hits the thing. Please uh, roll damage and add an extra d6 because he's got this soft little octopusy skin and your pointy arrows are just the right kind of weapon against it. Yeah, I think the long blue, long bow was a late addition. I don't have the damage. It's D6. Right. And then I added D6. Yeah, and then well. added D6. Five. Alright, you do five points of damage to the octopus, man. It squeals! High pitch squeals! And meanwhile, Squirg, what, what do you do for a follow up to that? Well, Squirg's bow makes a similar sounding twang, but uh, Squirg has rolled a five, so that will not hit. Oh no. Well, yeah, you've got a. Well, you got a plus three wisdom, don't you? And I rolled a two. Okay, well. Oh, I see. You have a total of five. And, yeah, it flies past him and uh, goes beyond the pit. And then the octopus man covers the distance between you with flapping walk and smack, 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 smack. Makes all eight of his tentacle bitch slap attacks at the same time. And uh, Jubal is hit twice. And Squirt is also hit twice. And Jubal, you take a total. Well, that is pathetic. Only five points of damage from your two tentacle bitch slaps. Oh man, I'm rolling low. And six points of damage for Squirk. But now the thing's right in there. And he makes eight attacks around and he's right on you. Luckily, his armor defense is rather low. He's now in melee with you. And if you want to try to hit him again with an arrow, you got to move again. In fact, you're probably getting to the point where you're almost backed up against the wagon. And uh, what do uh, you guys do? Do you have any spells that would be of use right now? Don't forget, you guys do have some spells. I don't know how useful they would be, but... Uh, mm, randomly I mean, determined. Nave aficionado, aficionados would, may be interested in knowing these were randomly determined from the 100 levelless spells table in the game. Yeah, mine are not... right For right now, mine are not at all useful. And I don't think they will ever be, ever be but we'll see. Well, for example, I know I'll let you maybe look at that while. Uh, I mean, I know which ones you have, but I'll, I'll let you think about that while Jubal's doing something. What are you doing, Jubal? 
Yeah, I will attack with my dagger. Alright. Go ahead. You need a ten to hit him. And you're adding your you're rolling and adding your strength bonus. Okay. Ooh. That would only be a six. Oh no! And uh Squirg, you have any what are you gonna do in this juncture? Put that bow away and get out of the dagger, I suppose. And here comes a dagger. Is it a strength strength bonus? Yeah. That will be a 14. Oh, good. And again, roll an extra d6 damage because you've got a sharp bladed pointy weapon. He's got soft, soft flesh. And once again... He will take seven points. Squeals with pain. And you guys have done 13 points of damage to the octopus man at this point. And... The octopus man then again lurches forward with a devastating fury of blows. But Jubal is hit only once this time, but he takes six points of damage from that one hit. And, uh, well, twice you are hit, uh, Squirg, and you take a total of only five points of damage. Well, a four and a one. And those are D8s, too, so uh, you can see he's rolling fairly low for damage. Must be because he's so hungry. And, uh... Let's... Having Jubal go first seems to work. He's little and fast. What do you do? Alright, so... Um... By the way, I think we maybe are supposed to be rolling every single round, but we just won't do that for this fight. For initiative. It's fine with me. It's fine with me, too. So... I'm trying to picture... Actually, I'm... Uh, I'm just going to stand in front of our carriage, mm-hmm. our wagon. Um, is the door open? Well, it doesn't really have a door. Okay. It's kind of you like climb up and sit on the. It's like a, it's like a Conestoga Pioneer wagon without the, you know, canopy. Jubal has the ingenious idea to hold the box. And hope that the octopus man is the one that uh, breaks it open while he is attacking me. <laughs> okay. That won't okay. be my fault. All right. Well, we'll see how that happens. So you basically scamper out of the way and yeah. run back towards the box. And um, leaving Squirk to face the octopus man. So. Well, I'll try to uh, uh, get him to attack me by well, threatening him, taunting him. Yeah. What do you do? How do you taunt him? What do you say? I'm going to hiss at him. Oh, like, okay, okay. Meow! Come get some of this! Okay. And what do you do, Squirg? Uh, I'm going to, once again, attempt to stab the octopus man with my dagger. But once again, I roll the two. Oh, no. Terrible. And the octopus man now is free to lay all his wrath upon you. He rolls a three. He rolls a three again. He rolls an eight. He rolls a 13, so there's one. And he rolls a 6. And 17, there's two. And uh, an 8, again. So he hits you twice. And he takes 6. Uh, total of, ooh, 10 points of damage. Oh, bow, 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 bow. My. Of course, uh, contrary to the spirit of Knave, these guys got max hit points at every level, and they're 4th level, so they're not suffering as badly as you might think. <laughs> that would kill a first-level knave character easy. Um, well, I am down to 11 now, so I'm not, not feeling real great. Yes. Well, are, really, already? I thought you had 32 hit points. Yep. And okay, I'm down well, to 11. <laughs> then you're dead soon. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, well, you did get healed from last time, remember? Yeah, I, I, I started to pull. You've taken that much time. Okay, well, the octopus man's happy about that. He'd like to eat you, because you're flabby. And so, Jubal, it's your turn. Um, do you want to do anything from over there? Um, I will uh, try to... Um, I'll throw my dagger. Okay. Actually. All right, you hurl your dagger. Because I still got to hold on to this box. 
Actually, using it as a shield. So I can do that with throw a dagger, you know. I, uh, I wouldn't be able to hold the longbow, though, so... No, you probably wouldn't. You're right. Yeah, go ahead and hurl that dagger and uh, add your wisdom bonus and uh, try to get more than a 10. Eleven. Hey, there you go. Let's roll damage. Add an extra d6. Five. Okay. Well, at, at that, the uh, the octopus man staggers back a little bit. Your dagger's still sticking out of him. You know, big, fleshy, bulbous, uh, what appears to be his head from the way. He, is he fast? Is he? He's fast and bulbous. He he is pretty fast. You know, he was he was. He was slithering right up towards you guys, but uh, so you guys have done. Did you say you did five points of damage? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, You've done 18 points of damage to this thing so far. But he staggers back a little bit. Like that one hurt him. That one hurt him. Uh, and then Squirg, what do you do? You're still Squirt right there. Is going to cast an auditory illusion behind the octopus man of uh, like a giant beast growling or something like a you know like a I don't know what sorts of bear rabbit bear rabbit <laughs> yeah an owl bear or something yeah. you know. uh, well you did fight a bear rabbit last time so uh, maybe that's fresh in your mind but or you're just sort of a terrible loud noise well it turns around for one thing and looks in that direction doesn't see anything uh, looks like it almost panics a little bit and it's gonna go jump back down in its pit unless you'd like to pop it in the back while it's running away. Um, can I do that? Yeah, you can do that. Well, I will try to slice at it with my dagger once more, and with a 13, that will yes, it will connect. And I threw my d6 on the floor. And he threw his d6 across the room. He's going to get it. Okay, well, that's a 6 and a 6, so 12, shit. Okay, well, that's great, because... You kill it. It only had 21 hit points anyway. And uh, he he goes ahead and topples down into his little pit. And uh, it's a pretty convincing auditory illusion. It almost might even scare Jubal at first. Um, anyway, Jubal... Hey, you see his hair standing up now, on I'll his say, head. <laughs> now, I know you said you were, like, holding the box and everything. And I was... You were kind of more like hiding behind it because this thing is, you can pick it up if you really had to, but it's not like a little carrying case. It's like a coffin sized thing. Yeah. And uh, we don't, you're not so weak that you can't heft it around. But uh, uh, anyway, though, when you put it down, uh, as you're holding it and lowering it, you can feel inside. You can feel through your fingers. You know, the vibrations, there's nothing to stop those. There's just something flailing around inside that box is just going crazy in there. What, you, if, what if there's something and there's suffering? Oh, are we to allow such a thing to occur? We, we could, you know, maybe it's a little baby, a little kitten or something. Well, yeah. I tend to think that given the state of Narwhal's person, anything he would create probably be just be a foul abomination. Well, you're looking at an abomination. <laughs> and and so if you want to part ways, that's fine with me, but uh, I I deserve some respect. I don't no. know where that came from, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're fine. You're fine, Jubal. It's not you're not an I'm, abomination. Yes, I'm I'm fine. I'm feline. I'm fine. Um so I do have another quite ingenious idea. So, there appears to be a spell occurring that's active on this uh, box of uh, silence, I suppose. I have a spell that can copy an active spell. So, as long as we have this uh, silence spell, um, we I could uh, use it 
I wonder if we could just, uh, you know, simply <clears throat> copy this this silent spell and um, make the other. We could open the box and what's well, first we cast a spell, the copying spell. Then we open the box, which releases the original spell, uh, shuts it off. But the, uh, the silent spell could be uh, cast upon something else, and it would still uh, occur. Maybe it'll still, well, you know, the, the Czar Narwhal will never know the difference. Well, how do you know that this elemental ain't giving him updates? Oh, I didn't think about that. Hmm. It does look pretty stupid, I'll say that. <laughs> but while you're thinking about that, um, I mentioned earlier that uh, down in the pit, it looked like the octopus man had himself a little lair or camp or something. Do you, uh, you want to go check that out? Yes, uh, keep my mind off you. Keep my mind off of this box for a, a wee bit, and I think what's, that's a what's good. Idea. You don't, you don't know if that plan will work or not. Actually, no, I know. Yeah. But uh, I think it's great to. Get <laughs> I don't even know if it makes sense yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of what you're trying to do. It's like I the just old switcheroo. Uh, it's like the old, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had an idea, and then I, when I started talking about it and thinking about it, I wasn't sure how much <laughs> that actually made sense. <laughs> now, um, it's like, somebody please uh, stop me from talking, because I don't know how I'm going to end the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I, got, I got a jubal jumped in my lap. What you do in that situation, you just double down and keep talking and make yes. it worse. That's what you do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you recall, the Octopus Man had scampered up a ladder, and uh, you can just take the ladder down into the pit. You don't have to climb down there laboriously. And uh, there's a bucket in which you think the Octopus Man's waist must be. That bucket doesn't look very interesting, but there's a little lean-to here. You don't know what he needs shelter from. Maybe he just likes a little cave-type, you know, feeling, being all cozy. But... Uh, you could just knock it down, basically, um, because really it's only big enough for Jubal to crawl into. Even though the octopus man was big, he can obviously squeeze his body, you know, in, in down into a tiny little space. But he, he has collected a few items in here, a few, uh, a few knickknacks, a few items of treasure, for lack of a better word. Uh, no money, of course. You guys are carrying around a ton of money right now, but... Uh, there is a little small bell in there. Anyone would like take a cute little bell and you can ring it. Ding, 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 ding. Does it have a collar? <laughs> no, no. I wish it did. I wish it did. That would be cute. <laughs> There's a set of dice. Uh, 2D, 2D6 in here. And you guys can take them or roll them or whatever you want to do with them. Mm, yes. And there's also a chisel like like a sculptor might use. And finally, there's a beautiful little horn. It's an air horn. It's like a rubber, you know, squeezy part. And that's what he's got down here. Well, uh, I suppose that uh, if each of us takes one of these noise-making instruments, we can uh, communicate that way if we are unable to do so otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, we could start a band. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do have the face paint. Still have some face paint left if you want to go that route. Bell and horn band. Yeah, and I don't really want to get into a long, boring discussion, but looking at your character sheet here, I noticed that uh, Jubal is about at encumbrance. It looks to me like uh, maybe Square can carry another thing or two. I didn't another write down thing. the stuff you got last time. But... Uh, as I say, while you got the wagon, it's not a big deal. You can just well, say, well, I, I put my yeah. 10 feet of chain in the wagon. And yeah, I, that was going to say that yeah. ch- the chain is yeah got to be heavy. But uh, just make note of kind of what you're carrying in case you ever do get separated from the wagon. And 
With these loaded dice, it's hard to say that that takes up a slot. We could start talking about half slots, but we'd be getting into uh, House Rules territory there if we did. Now, you said loaded dice? Did I say loaded dice? <laughs> yeah, that was an accident. Yeah. But if you rolled them at all, you said they always come up boxcar every time. It's double sixes every time. <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, well, I will take the, uh, the bell. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, Squirt can take the, the dice, I guess, if he wants. Um, and you're, uh, Squirt, you're not looking too good. I'm not You're, feeling too good either. I'm a little hurt as well. Yeah, you guys have been definitely beaten up by the octopus man. And, uh, no, and you still have the problem of how are you going to get across the... How are you going to get the wagon across the... Uh, meanwhile, the, the box is still sitting there enigmatically. How wide is the box relative to the width of the wheels? Well, if you tried to turn it sideways, you know, instead of laying forward to back, then the edges would stick off. So well, I was just trying to think, like, if, would it be possible to use the box as a bridge? Well, the box isn't big enough. It's like, you'd have to get about 12 feet across. But that's a great idea. And this ladder, is this just a wooden ladder? Yeah, it's just a wooden ladder. It's not big enough to roll over. Mm-hmm. Part of you thinks maybe the elemental might blow you over, but it would have to roll. There'd be a risk mm -hmm. involved. Well, unless we're going to spend all fucking day, or possibly longer than a day, trying to engineer a fucking bridge out of no materials. <laughs> that would be rough. Yeah. Although you do, have a, you do have a chisel. I have a chisel and some glue. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so let's ask this, uh, wind elemental to blow us. I think that's the only way. Or the only reasonable way. Well, whenever you do address it directly, you remember how you kind of saw a little bit of a face in it, like a blowing face when it uh, was working. It, it, it seems like it looks back and forth a few times, like over at the, over at the ramp and then at the, yeah, the yeah. wagon. And you, you swear it, it shrugs a little bit. Like, as if it's saying, oh, I'll give it a shot. There's and, a ramp? Uh, huh? I, I meant the pit, not the ramp. Oh, gotcha. I wish there was a ramp. Then you could duke yeah. boys over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe you can duke boys over anyway, but it's uh, going to be up to the strength of this elemental, whose strength bonus I will tell you after the carriage starts moving towards the pit. And I'll let you guys roll. So whoever's feeling lucky, as you begin to gather momentum, he's... And you're running towards the carriage is rattling, the box is bouncing around in the back, cornets are flying everywhere, and uh, you need to beat a 15. He has a plus eight strength bonus. Okay, so do you want me to roll this since you were rolling twos? Um, yeah, if you want to, you're welcome to. I was going to ask if you wanted me to roll it since you seem to have shit dice luck, but I. The oh, well. Dice luck has been shit for me uh, in the recent past. So. And remember, if you're the one who rolls and fails, it's your fault. Well, but if you if you think about this, if you roll and fail, the box probably falls out and busts open. So at least, <laughs> yeah. at least that's what I'm guessing anyway. You've been playing with me for so long. <laughs> There's a chance uh, it could bust open. So for me, it's uh, it's win-win, really. Yeah, it's win-win situation. Go for it. And... Oh, my God. I swear to God, I rolled a natural 20. Oh, well, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you you just leap over that thing, and then it just, like, stops in midair, and Merle High goes, and looks like them old boys are getting away again. <laughs> and you go crashing down on the other side. Bounce, bounce, bounce. And the box falls out and breaks. No, I'm joking. Uh, and the box stays. It's not intact. Um, uh, I mean, oh, is, there, is there a little cracking? <laughs> it is just a... There's not a crack you can peek through, no. No, I mean, it bounces around pretty bad, but you guys make it over. That, that, uh, you, you, you're, uh, you're certain that, that, uh, that wind elemental feels a little pleased with itself. 
a little pleased with himself. And he goes, uh, make it across the pit of the octopus, that man. That was quite some blowjob you gave there, buddy. <laughs> if it could laugh out loud, it would. You just, you just hear the sound of a quick breeze. I've never been so satisfied with the Yeah, outcome. it is a satisfying feeling. Oh, and minor point of correction, it was Waylon Jennings. I'm not <laughs> Waylon Jennings? Oh, you're right, you're right, I know that. Oh, yes. It, in your, I knew you knew that, but in the moment, that was the wrong name. But did you know that I knew that you knew that? Well, we've talked about it before, so... Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, but you know what? I want to get it wrong so I can see... I, I, we've never really gotten an email from a listener, so maybe we should start fucking yeah. things up so we can get <laughs> some emails. Like, hey, dumb fucker, that was Waylon Jennings. Yeah, we need to leave some, like, little breadcrumbs and some, uh... Yeah, some yeah. little Easter eggs for for real hardcore nerds to write in. And yeah. Excuse me, that was wrong. Well, actually... <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but in consulting the rule book, I have found that you should be rolling initiative every uh, time. We, we, oh man. Yeah, if it hasn't happened yet, it's probably not going to happen because we've made lots of mistakes. Oh, yeah, we're mistake makers, but that's okay. We're more interested in the role playing aspects. But, uh, anyway, you guys do make it uh, further on down the, ro- uh, the road in the tunnel uh, with your sunflower headlights and a battered but still intact box in the back and a few measly items of treasure from the. Uh, from the octopus man and uh, cornets to eat and up ahead slowly but surely after an interminable ride you can see a bit of dull red light that must be the sun and you get closer and closer and closer it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and there a crowd of people standing around in here though they're wearing rags they're inside the end of the tunnel, right? You can see outside there's some kind of settlement. The road goes through some kind of settlement, but it's hard to get you know a good view of it from here. The people are like crouched and hiding, and when you approach, they, they uh, rush off towards the edge, but they don't go out into the town either. They're just like milling about in agony and indecision uh, right around the edge, and eventually they're just cringing and holding their hands over their heads. And uh, one of them finally approaches, and he's walking towards the wagon into the light, into your headlights. With his hands held up, they're shaking. His hands held up in supplication. His rag coming around. Please, please. Ram- ramming spade. No, no, no. <laughs> do not hurt us. We heard, we heard your great bestial cries earlier come echoing down the tunnel. We are terrified. Whatever sort of demon or sorcerer you are, we beg your mercy. Please, we are just simple refugees from from the town. Please, please let us go. We beg you. They must have heard your, you know, your audible, audible glamour or whatever it was. You know, your uh, your audible illusion of the terrible beastie uh, echoing down the tunnel and become quite frightened. And they've never seen this. All they can really probably see is your headlights, right? You know. Yeah. Um. And we can't really shut those off without getting out and taking taking them off. Um, no, it's just about two dozen wretched-looking people. The town they're talking about must be the, the settlement you can see outside the... But all you can basically see from this angle is just more road with the occasional bridge going over it. Fear not, uh, refugees. Uh, we are merely travelers oh. on our way. Oh, what, what manner of strange sorceress conveyance is this? Oh, well, it's, it's simple, really. It's powered by a wind elemental. Oh, my. And these uh, lights are, are simply sunflower lights. As I come closer, I see now you, you have the head of a beast. Are you a sorcerer? Well, sort of. Uh, not, not as powerful as the sorcerer who has uh, done this to me, unfortunately. Oh, you are the victim of a sorcerer. We are victims too of the Hobgoths. They have come and taken our beautiful town of Sourhull, and they've made it their own. We will not follow their rules, so we have hidden here in the tunnel. But we know they will come for us eventually. Yes, the Hobgoths have come out of the east. They were mercenaries in the Kaijanin Wars, but now that those have ended, 
and they are without employment. They have come into this territory, and we have sent a messenger sprite to tell King to tell Queen Crimson in Sarasarks, but she is so far away. So, as you go through the town of Sour Hall, when you leave here, beware of those hobgoths. They are vicious and terrible people, and their patrols are everywhere. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you for the uh, the uh, warning. Uh, we uh, must be on our way to Sarah's Arks and Sarah's uh, Arks. You. We are. We have a very important mission, of course. Mission. You are yes. sorcerers. Well, uh, we are at the uh, the bidding of the sorcerer. Well, be very careful as you go forward, and if you. If the Hobgoths attempt to molest you, just let them. Just let them. There's so many of them. They're bullies. No molesto. That's what I always say. Uh, I, uh, I don't want to... I, I will not stand for any Hobgoths uh, taking over. And, uh, uh, can you describe them? What sort of... Uh, well, they, they are very, what do we need to worry about? Well, they're just very, very... You can't miss them. They have white skin, like like the, the belly of a fish, and their hair is black, and they wear many furs all over their bodies, and they ride hippoderms, which are covered with hair. Hippoderms, basically, like a horse, but with very, very long hair. They're always with their hippoderms, and their patrols ride about the city of Sour Hull, and the people are forced to do their business and pay extra taxes to the Hobgoths. It's terrible. If I, if I were you, I would get through very quickly. You say that you are on a very important mission. What is your mission, if I might ask? We're so starved for news in here. And food! Says, oh yes, we're starved for food as well. Well, I uh, don't see how you could possibly help with our mission unless you uh, know of a way to uh, perhaps... Uh, Cast or get rid of spells. Oh, you need to speak with the Anchorite. Yes, the Anchorite's terribly mysterious. He lives in the busted lands near here. But you would have to go through the city of Sour Hole first. And there you would find that the road, the great flying road, forks off. In a great loop, and one loop goes off to the east while the main road continues south. And a great eastern loop breaks off and disappears in the busted lands. And there, atop a mountain, lives the anchorite, who's terribly mysterious. He has forgotten more spells than any other sorcerer has ever known. Did you know he's been sitting on top of his mountain for a hundred years, contemplating the sound of a tear? He's terribly mysterious. I believe yeah. that he would have the power to dispel any curse. Me think this is outside the scope of our duties. Well, uh, but what about this uh, cat's head I have? Uh, I I mean to uh, get this dispelled some way, some meow. <laughs> well, me think that if we complete this mission then perhaps uh, Tsar Narwhal, he'd be so happy that we disposed of his abomination that perhaps he will just take it off for you. Yeah, perhaps. And perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> yes. But I'm not putting my faith in such a, such a man that has done this to me and has tricked us so many times already. You know, uh, We've got this, these uh, homunculi inside of us. Oh my. Perhaps this, uh, this, uh, anchorite person could uh, remove those as well. Oh, the anchorite can do anything. But, I tell you, if you see him, would you beg him to help the people of Sour Hall? And, and I notice you have many cornets in your, in your wagon next to that terribly interesting box. Do you think that we could, that you could... Can we please have the cornets? I hate to ask, but the children are getting hungry. We sneak into town at night to get food, but it's getting more dangerous, the hobgoths being so wicked. Well, I, I think that we could spare some uh, 
cornets. Uh, no sooner do the words come out of your mouth than all two dozen of these starving people just mob the back of the wagon. Be careful, though. You'll chip, you'll chip a tooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you chip a tooth on those cornets. And uh, with that, they, they wish you luck. And uh, do you want to head out into the uh, city of Sour Hall? Yeah. Well, you roll out of the tunnel into the what must what is rapidly becoming twilight. You've been in the tunnel most of the second half of the day, and you can see the town spread out before you. But we will describe the town of Sour Hall next time when we get together for our next installment on our next episode of Goonies World. So I'll see you guys later. Wonderful.